Well, on behalf of Crossview Church, our staff, our elder board, thank you so much for spending your Christmas Eve with us. Merry, Merry Christmas to you all. We're so glad that you are here. And I'm delighted to see a lot of young people here, some boys and girls here. Uh, boys and girls, you have one more sleep and then it's Christmas. One more sleep, you're almost there. Just hang on and it's Christmas. Boys and girls, I need your help as I start this sermon. I need the help of everybody 12 and younger and 12 and older of those who are young at heart to help me out with this as I start this sermon. Can you tell me who is this? The Grinch, right. And what did the Grinch try to steal? Christmas. The Grinch tried to steal Christmas. Now, was the Grinch able to steal Christmas forever? No. no. The Grinch couldn't do that. Try and try and try as he might, Christmas would not give up without a fight, right? I have a problem, though, that I need your help with. What do you do when your eight-month-old puppy looks exactly like the Grinch. <laughs> this is Theo, and he has a striking resemblance to the Grinch. But let me tell you, he also can be just as devious and destructive as the Grinch was. Well, we find out through the story of the Grinch that Christmas indeed can't be stolen, right? The Christmas cannot be stolen because Christmas is bigger than anything we can see with our natural eye. Christmas is bigger than all the things around us. And today I want to tell you a true story of a time when someone else tried to steal Christmas. But just like the Grinch, we will see that Christmas cannot be stolen. Many believe that the first Christmas was in the manger with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And technically, that's the right Bible quiz answer. If you ever asked, that's the answer to give for the first Christmas. But allow me the space to expand our thought a little bit and say that in a sense, the first Christmas or the original Christmas took place way before the manger. I believe it took place in the Garden of Eden after God created the world. He created this perfect place. And in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, where God created this perfect place where he would relate to his creation, I believe it would be the original Christmas. And the reason I say that is for the past four weeks here at Crossview Church, we have been talking about the real meaning of Christmas. And we talked about how the real meaning of Christmas was the arrival of Jesus Christ. Or Jesus Christ came to earth in the form of a baby. And there's four key words that the church throughout the centuries has used to describe that coming. Hope, love, joy, and peace. Each of the candles in front represent that. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And I believe back in the Garden of Eden, right after God created the world and created man and woman, you had pure hope, pure joy, pure peace, and pure love in a form that we've never, ever had before. It had to be like Christmas. We celebrate Jesus coming to earth to restore those things. So if he's restoring hope, love, joy, 
peace, they had to exist originally in the garden, and they did. They existed perfectly, but they were lost if you were the original Christmas was stolen. God created this idyllic place where his prized creation, Adam and Eve, would hang out with him in a perfect life-giving relationship. And they were prized because they were the perfect reflection of God's goodness and God's character to the world. That moment had to be amazing. The environment had to be something we can't even wrap our minds around. The love, the peace, the joy, the hope. It was paradise. No suffering, no evil, no insecurities, no anxieties, no hatred. Just pure joy, pure peace, pure hope, and pure love. Sounds like Christmas to me. Well, God's glorious creation lasted just two chapters in the Bible until rebellion slithered in and ruined everything. God gave Adam and Eve this one boundary and said, you can eat from all the trees except this one tree. And Satan came in and tempted them and they did what God told them not to do. And in that moment, paradise was lost. Christmas was stolen for the time being. That first rebellious bite of fruit took the glorious image reflectors and turned them into longing rebels. And everything changed in that moment. All humanity and the condition of the world was affected by that time. C.S. Lewis wrote a story called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in this story, there's a place where most of the story takes place called Narnia, and it's kind of a wintry place. And Narnia represents the world after that rebellion, after that fall. And C.S. Lewis in his writings describes Narnia this way. He says, Narnia was like winter without Christmas. We can easily picture that, given where we live, can't we? Especially the last few days. Winter without Christmas. Can you imagine if it wasn't Christmas Eve? And you can imagine if there wasn't Christmas tomorrow. Today would just be a miserable winter day, wouldn't it? That's what it felt like when paradise was lost. The consequences for Adam and Eve's sin changed the world forever. From that point on, the world experiences pain and struggle and conflict and curse. And this thing none of us can escape called death. None of that existed before that rebellious time in the perfect original Christmas. The original Christmas was a beautiful place, being with God, hanging out with the most amazing person in the universe, life without sorrow, life without pain, life without loneliness, life without brokenness. And then all was lost when Christmas was stolen. But God loved us so much that he didn't want it to stay that way. He loved us so much, he didn't want us to stay that way. And we call God's rescue and restoration plan the gospel. And what I love about the story of the original Christmas being stolen is not long after that happened, God immediately steps in and gives us a glimmer of Christmas hope. He gives us a glimmer of gospel hope. Because he says to Satan after that act, immediately following, one is coming who will change this, and yes, you will strike his heel, but he will crush your head, meaning Jesus Christ is going to come. And when he comes, he's going to rid the world of everything that was lost in the rebellion, of the evil, the hatred, 
the pain and the sin. God didn't wait, but gives us a quick glimmer of Christmas hope. Jesus would come and save and make all things right again. Sometimes we get Christmas presents to replace things that are broken or lost or stolen. A broken dish, that jacket you left somewhere, or a Bluetooth speaker that no longer works. The God, God's gift of the gospel is kind of like that. God planned the gospel before there was time because he knew what would happen when Christmas in the garden would be stolen. And God sent Jesus Christ to restore and bring back human creation into relationship with God. Three things happened in the garden when God created and that were lost in when Christmas was stolen. The first thing was a reflection. Adam and Eve, it says, were made very good. Human beings are the best of God's masterful handiwork, and they were designed to reflect God throughout all creation. Human beings' purpose is to reflect the wonder, the beauty, the majesty, and the glory of God into this world. And before the rebellion, human beings were the perfect reflection of God. The next thing there was was this relationship. Adam and Eve had an unhindered relationship with God Almighty. They hung out with him, and they felt the joy of his presence, unlike any human being has since. They communicated with God, and he communicated back, and, and they actually knew the true living God. But more importantly, they knew they were known by this God. They knew that there were a people who were known. And the third thing that was there in the garden was a ruling peace or what the Bible calls shalom. God reigns supremely in the garden, but he was not just creating a world. He was creating an amazing kingdom of peace, a kingdom of shalom. That word peace means wholeness. God was creating this place where his perfect goodness, his perfect wholeness, his perfect peace would rule and reign in all areas of the world, would flourish because of the reigning peace of God Almighty. These three things, the reflection, the relationship, and the ruling peace, were in the beginning alive and well, and all things were flourishing. It was perfect. It was paradise. If you allow me, it was Christmas. But these three things were broken and lost at the time of the rebellion. Adam and Eve's reflection of God was cracked physically, ethically, emotionally, intellectually, and interpersonally. Since the moment of the rebellion, no human being is born completely as God designed them fully to be. The Bible says we have to be reborn to have that now. Their relationship God, with God was severed, and for the first time, people experienced things like shame and guilt and regret and separation. Due to that act, they were unable to enter into God's presence like they once could. It, everything changed. And the ruling peace was no longer received, but it was rejected as people didn't want to live in God's ways or live under the goodness of his rule and his reign. Christmas was stolen. Life was no longer as God intended because of the consequences of sin and rebellion. You know, it's funny. This particular original Christmas took place thousands and thousands of years ago. 
And as human beings, we've been trying to fix these things for thousands and thousands of years. We've been trying in our own effort to restore that which was lost. If you think about this, thousands and thousands and thousands of years of education, thousands and thousands of years of invention, innovation, discovery, research, have given us wonderful things, no doubt. But have thousands of years of human beings' best effort really resulted in a complete eradication or a dramatic significant reduction in things like evil or hatred or war or relational brokenness? How far in our efforts have we really, really come? Soon after this rebellion in the garden, homicide entered the world. Is it better now than it was then? Or do we see it in mass? After all the years of our education and invention and innovation, all humanity still feels the effects of the loss of the original Christmas. And sometimes we feel it today more than ever. Now add to that that our efforts don't really seem to restore it completely. I heard a story last week of a person who at one time called themselves a new atheist. And when he saw that the feeble efforts of how far or little we've actually come, and as we saw the marvel of the design of things in the world, he actually changed positions and became a deist. He wrote a different book. The second book he wrote is There Is a God by Anthony Flew. And he wrote this, I now believe there is a God. I now think earthly evidence does point to a creative intelligence because of scientific investigation. As I page through the first chapter of this book, I see that he saw the futile efforts of how far we really come coupled with the master's hand and this place we call earth. The brokenness of the rebellion leaves us feeling often like what Douglas Copeland in his best-selling novel, Miss Wyoming, said. The main character wrote this in that novel. She said, truth be told, the one thing in this world I want more than anything else is a great big crowbar to jimmy myself open and take whatever creature that's sitting inside and shake it clean like a rug, then rinse it in a cold, clear lake, and then I want to put it under the sun and let it heal and dry and grow and sit and come to consciousness again with a clear and quiet mind. We all want that. That's the intense longing of the human heart. We all long to be healed inside, to be clean inside, to have a place to go with our regrets where the whiteboard of our heart can be wiped clean. We long to experience new life, Who can do that? Can anybody get us to that place? Well, there's only one, and that's Jesus Christ. And what we celebrate today, Jesus Christ coming to earth, was the unfolding of God's rescue and renewal and restoration plan. What did God do with a reflection and relationship and ruling peace that was broken? He sent the gift of his son to redeem and restore and recover what was lost and make us new again. 
Jesus' mission was to transform and make new sinners and rebels like you and me who long to be clean and healed and new. Jesus' mission was to transform sinners and rebels like you and me so that once again we can fully reflect the glory of God and live in relationship with him. Relationship, reflection, and ruling peace were lost, but Jesus redeems, restores, and recovers. That's what we celebrate this evening. Jesus came to earth in the form of a human being to save us. He came to redeem us, to reflect God's glory. He came to forgive us and restore us into a relationship with God again. And he came to move our hearts to surrender to his wholeness, to his goodness, to his peace that we might flourish and flourish for eternity. This is the gospel. This is the good news. But see, the thing is, it's not just good news. It's the best news ever. And we celebrate it this Christmas season. It is the only way we can be totally free from the effects of the fall and complete the rescue plan so that we all will be restored. One day when Jesus comes again, the full effects of that original Christmas that fell will be completely done away with and completely made new. And in the meantime, any human soul can find forgiveness, cleansing, peace with God, and a relationship that makes you new. This gospel of Jesus Christ saves you, and this gospel of Jesus is for everyone. The Apostle Paul wrote this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Think about that. Let that sink in. Everyone who believes. There's not much in our world today that can be applied to everyone. But this gospel is applied to every single person, the rich and the famous and the poor and the least known, the lonely and to those who are surrounded by the love of many, for those who feel they have nothing and for those who feel they have everything. It's for the person who's trying to be a good person and the person who's set on doing evil. It's for the seeker, the atheist, the Muslim, the Buddhist. It's for all those who know who they are and for those who are trying to figure out who they are. It is for those looking for God and for those not looking for God. This is a gospel for all people. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate Christmas present because he comes to every human being offering joy, peace, love, and eternal hope and meaning and fulfillment and an eternal life that we can face death without fear, knowing that when we die, we will be with him forever. And we don't have to do anything to earn this gift of Jesus, but we do have to do something to receive it. The Bible says we need to turn our hearts towards God and believe in what he's done. Just as you receive a Christmas gift by opening your hands You receive the gift of Jesus by opening your heart and faith to believe and turn your life to him. The person who believes, who invites and surrenders Jesus into their life will be transformed and made new and live forever. This Christmas, I encourage you to open your heart and receive the gift of Jesus Christ into your life because Jesus Christ will come in and he'll redeem 
and he'll restore and he'll recover what was lost. And when he does that, Christmas can never be stolen from you ever again. Let's pray.